0: enjoy the message. Jump right into it this morning and as we embark on 2024, how many of you realize that God still has a plan for you in 2024? It's not over yet. God wants to do some great things in your life in 2024 and, and I know as we in, in come to the end of 2023, how many of you realize, uh, many in this church, you would very much realize it's been a rough 2023. There have been a lot of things that have happened, but God is still in control. Do you hear me? God is still in control, and he sees you. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's happening around you. God is still in control. I have a mom and dad. Mom may be watching this morning uh, online. She always checks up on me. She's probably watching right now, and she watches news a lot. Oh, me. Amen. Oh, my. (laughs) And I have to remind her, God is still in control. I don't care what that TV says. God is still in control. And as we embark, you know, so much as we, we close out a year and as we go into January 1st, you hear this word called resolutions, right? I don't think resolutions are a bad thing. It's resolve to do something different, to make a, to, to make a difference, to maybe adjust some habits and daily disciplines in my life to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. And that's okay, but... You know, the question that kept coming to my mind as I prepared for this day was this. How can I be the best version of me? How can I be the best version of me? As we close out 2023 and we embark on 2024, how can I be the best version of me? How can I become all that God wants me to become? I'm going to give you a hint this morning. It's not all about doing. We're called human beings the army slogan is be all that you can be and I think that's a a great slogan for God's army as well and a message from the Lord that you be all that you can be so the question is how can I be the best version of me this is a great question as we close out 2023 how can I be the best version of me God desires us for for us to be emotionally and spiritually whole can I get amen you can't separate the two You can't be spiritually well and an emotional wreck. They work together. An emotionally healthy person understands God may not answer prayers the way that we think he should. An emotionally healthy person understands God allows trials so that we may be empowered. An emotionally healthy person understands there is a purpose in the pain. And also that we must boast in our weaknesses. The apostle Paul understood that greatly when he talks about this in 2 Corinthians 12:7 through 10 when he says, and "Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above all measure. Concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me." This is the apostle Paul speaking that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in what? Weakness. Weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Strong. What does that tell you this morning? It's okay to not be okay. Did you hear me? It's okay to not be okay, but God desires for us to be more than okay. Do you believe that this morning? There's a scripture that I've been wrestling with for many years, and you can pull it up on the screen if you've got it, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. And I'm reading from the King James Version. And it says this, come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you Say it again. Rest. rest. It says take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And he goes on to say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know about you, but rest and easy are two words that just make you feel better. Rest and easy. In fact, why don't you just say that, rest. Rest. Easy. Easy. Say it again, rest. Rest. Easy. Easy. Just makes you feel better, don't it? And Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden. So, how do we live our lives with these two words at the center? I do believe that there's a direct correlation to this message and being the best that you can be. Life is better with Jesus, and Jesus will make you better at life. And Jesus invites us here to take up his yoke and tells us that his yoke is easy. You know, this is probably not the analogy that I would have used. You know, a yoke is a wooden cross piece, and I couldn't help but to think, you know, I would have loved to have thrown a picture up there with a wooden beam. Forgive me, I gave my secretary off this week. (laughs) But this image of these ox with this yoke is a wooden cross beam to, to pair animals to pull together, and yokes were often fitted to that particular animal to fit properly where they could pull together. So often when we hear yoke, we think of oxen. Oxen are strong, they're cooperative, they're dependable. They won't run when things get tough. Did you hear that? And this was the imagery that Jesus used. He's telling us to take up his yoke. He's saying, team up with me. To be yoked with Jesus is to submit, to yield, and and trust. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So how can I be the best version of me? Take up his yoke. Team up with Jesus. That sounds really good and really simple, but how does that look practically in my life? My question to you this morning is this. Does life feel easy and light, or does it feel weary and burdened? Jesus says in this passage, come to me and take up the easy yoke. His offer is to to all to put all the weight on, on him. He has an unending supply of love, of joy, and peace. Do you realize he doesn't just have those things? He is those things. Eugene Peterson in the message translates it this way, and I love this, to live freely and lightly. So what is the opposite of rest and and tired? The opposite of rest is tired, I'm sorry, and busy. And we're always in a... Mm, You guys are good. Y'all read my notes, didn't you? We're always in a hurry. The opposite of easy is hard or difficult. We get so busy with life, missing out on moments, and we're constantly in a hurry. Let let me just tell you this morning. I don't want you to hear anything I say this morning from a a condemning spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, this message was for me. God has been slapping me around with this. Slow down. You know, I was getting up in the morning, and, and I'd get up to get ready, and I, the first thing I'd be like, man, i got to hurry up and do this, hurry up and do this. And i I begin to ask myself, why am I in a hurry? Why am I rushing through life? Why am I not enjoying life? How many of you believe God wants you to enjoy life? I do. And I found myself just in a constant state of hurry. And life is a series of moments. But hurry involves excessive haste or a state of urgency. It becomes a state of frantic that one falls into in response to inadequacy, fear, and guilt. See, the simple definition of hurry is just too much to do. How many of you heard that? I've just got too much to do. We should strive to live our lives entirely without hurry. I want to tell you something. Love, joy, and peace are incompatible with hurry. The focus should be, who am I becoming an apprenticeship with Jesus? Who am I becoming an apprenticeship with Jesus? I want to move toward maturity, becoming more like Jesus. And you've heard it this morning, more of him and less of me. I want to become my best self for him. Dallas Willard says it this way, hurry is the great enemy of of spiritual life in our day hurry is the root problem and my challenge for you this morning and as I was thinking about closing out 23 and embarking on 24 and we, we talk about the hustle and bustle of the holidays if you forget everything I say remember these two words slow down slow down I have to remind myself of this very fact I don't have it all figured out as I just said I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm maturing I'm challenging myself to be the best version of me to give all that I can to Jesus Christ because he's done so much for me we all have so much to be thankful for yeah. Corey Tim Boone said it this way if the devil can't make you sin he'll make you busy see both sin and business have the same effect they, they cut off our connection to God to others and even to our own soul Carl Jung said, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. So the challenge this morning is to slow down and team up with Jesus. We're too busy is the number one problem. People are too busy to live emotionally and spiritually vibrant lives. We have too much to do, and we get too easily distracted, and the fault is hurry. The finished proverb tells us this, God did not create hurry. Love takes time. Hurry and love are incompatible. They don't mix. It's like oil and water. We walk with God. How many many of you realize that when you read through the scripture, never just said not once does it say we run? It says we walk with God because God is love. I want to challenge you a little bit. Think about the world in which we live. Technology that was created to make life easier and faster has made things more complicated. They were to give us more time, not less time, right? In fact, a Senate subcommittee in 1967 was told to believe, in light of future technology, that by 1985, the average American would only work 22 hours a week for 27 weeks a year. They thought that the main problem in the future would be too much leisure. The average American works nearly four more weeks per year than they did in 1979. 2007. Does that ring a bell? Was the start of the digital age with the invention of what? The iPhone. And a recent study showed that the average person touches their iPhone 2,617 times. A day there are reports that smartphones make us dumber <laughs> I can prove it they reduce our working memory and problem-solving skill here's a prime example how many of you memorize phone numbers anymore very few there was a time you young bucks that you had to know and memorize numbers to call somewhere I don't think my kids even know my cell number. Slot machines make more money than the film industry and baseball combined. And they only take a few quarters at a time because it is addictive. Everything now is being intentionally designed for distraction and addiction. In 2000, before the digital revolution, our attention span was 12 seconds. Since it's dropped to 8, seconds a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds let that sink in a minute Silicon Valley tech executives are paying through the roof for device free school and learning experience for their children that ought to tell you something but what is all this distraction addiction and pace of life doing to our souls there's a new term that mental health professionals are using called hurry sickness this term was coined by a cardiologist named Meyer Friedman for people who were chronically angry and in a hurry. I don't know about you, but if you go anywhere, you, it's, it's, it's evident. We were in town yesterday, and I thought, why are all these people in such a hurry? I just want to enjoy my anniversary. But I mean, people, I mean, we, we had motorcycles running through the middle between cars, and I'm like, what do you, and we get there at the same time. I mean, I, I, she had to hold me back. I wanted to snatch him when we got to the store we went to the same store and I thought let me, just, let me just snatch him up real quick right here I mean he was in a hurry to get there and got there at the same time I did but this term hurry sickness it was classified as a continuous struggle and unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more or to participate in more and more events in less and less time how many of you know you don't get more time that doesn't change But here's what's amazing. He said this in the 1950s. See, hurry is a form of violence on the soul. And the answer to our dilemma is not more time, the key is to slow down our lives and prioritize what really matters. And I'm telling you this morning, you've got to apprentice with Jesus. Let him have complete and total control of your life. I was talking to a young couple just recently about marriage, and we were talking, I said, I couldn't do it without Jesus. I don't know how people go through life without Jesus. I need him more and more every day. Apprentice with Jesus. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He says, look carefully how we what? Walk. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every chance. Every day is a chance. Every hour is an opportunity. Every moment is a precious gift. So how do we slow down? How do we simplify and live intentionally in the midst of the chaos and the noise? I'm telling you this morning, the only answer is to follow Jesus. Apprentice with Jesus. Take his easy yoke. Ephesians 6.12, you know it, says, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In prayer we listen and we speak something that I've done that I want to do this morning and and I know a lot of the associate pastors have heard it and they know it but it's something that I've taken and applied to my life over these last when God's really been speaking to me about slow down and it's called the, the Quaker prayer or the palms down palm up or, or even you may even see it called the 08 oh prayer it's been a daily discipline for me. And it's something that I want to give to you to to make you slow down and think about what you're doing. And it's simply this, is that Quakers would, would come to a place in their life, palms down, and they'd say, God, if there's any sin in my life, if there's anything in my life that is keeping me from living for you, serving you, any hindrances in my life, any insecurities, how about this, any depression or any anxiety or any stress or any worry or any insecurities, God, if there be anything in my life, Lord, I let it go. And they would stay in that position so they could go palms up. And then they said, Lord, fill me and give me everything I need to live for you. Palm down symbolizes letting go of anything that would hinder my apprenticeship with Jesus. In 1 Peter 5, 7, you know what? It, it says what? Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You know, to cast is to what? Release. As a young boy, I was, uh, my uncle was an avid bass fisherman, and he, he really taught me uh, to fish and how to bass fish, and I loved going with him. And then in my teenage years, we, we went to church with a, a guy by the name of Brother Luke, and I used to love fishing with him. He was a, a great fisherman, an older gentleman that loved to fish, and everybody knew Brother Luke because he wore so much old spice that you could smell him in the parking lot. And as a teenager, I love Brother Luke because he always passed out not just a piece of candy, he passed out the whole roll of certs. <laughs> so as teenagers, everybody was like, oh, we got to get a Brother Luke. He's got a whole roll of certs. But Brother Luke was an avid fisherman, and he taught me how to, how to bass fish. He was also a man that taught me a lot about patience. I'll never forget the time that I got a new baitcaster. You bass fishermen know what that is. I was a young young buck and I was so excited to use it and, and anyone who knows what a baitcaster is knows that you can get some serious backlashes Uh huh. some laughs there, you've done it too and some knots and he had a little tool that he could, he could get all those out for me you know I frustrated my share with, with backlashes and knots even to the point of just cutting the line several times but I had to learn for it to work properly I had to release it I had to let it go And we're told here to cast or release. You can't hold on to them and release them at the same time. And Palms Down, as I said, is about releasing and letting go of anything that gets in our way or gets in the way of that relationship with Jesus. I want to be clear. This is an ongoing and daily discipline. (laughs) I was thinking about this this morning. Where did we get to the place where we felt like when we did something, that was it? Or we accomplished it? We're saved and that's it. No. It's an ongoing daily discipline, a process of becoming all that Jesus wants you to become. The Quakers, as I said, called it the old weight and then they put their palms up and they completely emptied themselves. Another resource that I kind of jumped on is Dr. Mark Rutland. He has a book on the Lord's Prayer. and So often we don't feel like we know how to pray. We get in those moments and, and we say, God, I don't even know how to pray. Where do I even start? Well, the Lord's Prayer provides a model of a perfect or the perfect prayer. You realize it heals, delivers, protects, empowers, and provides. And it's found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and Luke eleven two through 4. And the Lord's Prayer begins and ends with God and God alone. But you realize it's bookended with praise. Praise is the first part of it. Petition for God's kingdom and will, the second part. The third part is petition for daily uh, providence. The fourth part is petition for forgiveness and healing from unforgiveness. The fifth part is petition for protection from sin and evil or the evil one, and then it closes out with praise. The challenge, though, is to pray it with sincerity and not in vain repetition. Why do I say all that? Slow down. Pray it. Don't just read it, soak it in. I'm talking about how I become the best version of me. I've got to slow down and talk with Jesus and let him talk to me. I've got to team up with Jesus and and become his apprentice. But as I've mentioned, we have a problem with hurry. And there's a correlation between spirituality and hurry. My question this morning is this. Have you taken up the easy yoke of Jesus? Whenever Jesus was a rabbi, rabbi Hebrew for teacher, yet he was so much more. He was the Messiah and the embodiment of God himself. But Jesus, like other rabbis, had two things. Number one, they had a yoke. Not a literal yoke. It's the common idiom of the day relating to a rabbi's way of teaching the Torah. But it was more. It was a way of teaching us how to be human. A yoke is how the load or weight would be carried. It's how one would shoulder the load. And the major difference between Jesus and all the other rabbis was that not that he had a yoke but it was that he had a easy yoke. The second thing is this. Rabbis would have disciplines or or apprentices. The Hebrew word is talmudim. But simply put, to apprentice with Jesus is to organize my life around three basic goals number one is this you've got to be with Jesus spend time with Jesus second thing become like Jesus say God I want to become more and more like you in all that I say and all that I do and all that I'm becoming I want to become more and more like you and the third thing is this do what he would do if he were you see apprenticeship is all about modeling all of our life Can I say that? It's about modeling all of our life after Jesus. And when you do that, it will bring recovery to our souls. It will bring warped parts back into shape. It will provide healing to the deepest areas of our lives and allow us to live life to the full. And isn't that what John 10, 10 says? I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. That means to the max, to the full. The Greek word for salvation is satyria. And it's the same word translated for healing. Did you realize that? So when you see that someone was saved or healed by Jesus, you're reading the same Greek word. Even our English word for salvation comes from the Latin salve. Salve is an ointment used for healing. Have you thought about that? S-A-L-V-E. I want us to look at this passage again. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says this, and I'm hurrying. You know what that means? I need to slow down. But I see the time. It says this, Come to me, all you who labor. I love that. I wish you'd just circle that real big in your Bible, and that red print. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Say it again. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is What? easy, and my burden is light. You got to know this morning, Jesus always takes time for you. He wants you to walk with him and work with him and watch him. This really is an invitation to team up with Jesus and become his apprentice. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you go, God, why me? Why is this going on? Those are the moments that I've got to say, you know what? I I kind of I kind of got out from under that yoke. I just need to walk with you. God, you see me. You know me, no no matter what things look like, no matter what I feel like, no matter what is going on, your yoke is easy. And this really is an invitation to team up with Jesus and become his apprentice. Dallas Willard discusses the secret of the easy yoke. To experience the life of Jesus, you must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. It's a way of life based on Jesus himself. Eugene Peterson says it this way, the Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. What am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you copycat Jesus. Copycat his every Move. See, a yoke was a work instrument and one that, that, was, that, that, that tired or discouraged would think they needed the least. But Jesus offers a new way to carry the load of responsibilities. He offers equipment, not escape. An easy life is not an option, but an easy yoke is. He offers us as a princess a whole new way to bear the weight with him at our side. And remember, his pace is slow, unhurried, present to the moment full of love and joy and peace and I believe that my best version of me and your best version of you is when we allow Jesus to be our template model and pattern slow down and receive his easy yoke slow down and receive his easy yoke you know the Lord's prayer, the last part of it says thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven the kingdom is him and all the power and all the glory, amen Tim Keller, I want to close with this story and if musicians would come up Tim Keller tells a story of a pastor going to a conference in Hawaii I haven't been to one of those yet, I'd like to any of you want to send me to a pastor's conference in Hawaii I'm, I'm open, alright but this pastor went to this conference in Hawaii and he, he arrived late he was hungry and the time uh, changed got him all messed up and he couldn't find anything to eat and he comes across this sketchy restaurant and he says oh they're open I can find something to eat and he goes in this restaurant and he's sitting there and about that time three young ladies walk in and he soon discovers that they were regulars. They come in about every night after not so wholesome work, if you know what I mean. And he's sitting there and he overhears one of them that the next day was her birthday. And she begins to tell her friends that she had never had a birthday party. She had never had a birthday gift or a birthday cake. The pastor goes to the owner and confirms with the restaurant owner that, that the ladies do come in every night and he could he could throw them a birthday party and the owner told the pastor that they're there every night at 3.30 pastor was there the next morning to to decorate and he decorated and the, the owner of the restaurant made and decorated a cake and they were so excited to throw this young lady a birthday party at this point the owner wasn't aware that this man was a pastor and when he discovered that he was a pastor the restaurant owner became irate and he says, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? And the pastor explains, I simply overheard that she had never received a party, a cake, or a gift. And I wanted to do that for her. The owner looked at him and said, I've never heard of a person or a pastor or a church like that. The restaurant owner Admitted he didn't intend church and never really wanted to go to church, but he said, you know what? If that's what you and your church are like, I could be a part of that. What am I telling you this morning? Slow down. I try to remind myself often, it doesn't cost me much to be kind. I'm teaming up with Jesus, becoming all that he wants me to be, To reach people, to love people, to understand that it takes time. I can't rush through life and and think that I'm gonna accomplish all that God wants me to accomplish. I've gotta slow down. And my challenge to you as you embark on 2024 is that you slow down, be that person, be that church. Love yourself, love God, love people. Just be that person and be that church. Slow down. But it all starts with slowing down and taking up the easy yoke. Your best will always include apprenticing with Jesus and taking up his easy yoke. I told you it's been a challenge for me. And I know some of you from the different comments it has been for you too but as we close out 2023 and embark on 2024 it's probably not the words that you would normally hear slow down become all that God wants you to become you know when you find yourself in those situations then put into practice palms down and palms up I can tell you that's what I do when I feel myself starting to hurry and, and just go through life and just trying to accomplish just that simple task, I say, God, I don't know what's going on, God. Help me to slow down. God, would you help me to slow down? Would you help me to relieve any stress or anxiety or any fear or any doubt? How many of you have fear and doubt? Say, Absolutely. We're human. We hurt. Things happen. I say, God, I, I got to release that to you. God, I need you. I need you. And Lord, I, I release anything that would hinder that right now. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. A lot of times it's our own stinking thinking. I say, God, I release those things. I might come to a place where I wreck my car one time because I'm doing this right here. People see me crowd, their palms down, they know the palms up. I say, God, fill me up. God, show me. Help me to be sensitive. Help me to be present to the moment. Amen? You know, I read this recently that scientifically proven that you can't be anxious and thankful at the same time. The brain doesn't work that way. So I can tell you right now, if you're anxious, give some thanks. Give some thanks. I love the can't help to remember the Thanksgiving message. Pastor Jeff, be the one and not the nine. Be thankful. See, gratitude is the answer to stress and anxiety. Can we do that this morning? I want to lead us in a prayer. And then these guys can lead us in worship. But as you're sitting right there, would you do that with me this morning? Can we go palms down? And I want to pray over you. Lord, right now, I ask you in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. As, as we symbolically palms down God I know that everyone in this room the size of this room there are people that are going through great difficulty God they's lost, they've lost loved ones Lord they've, they've sicknesses and all the different things God we come to you palms down this morning God, we wait on you. We need you. We acknowledge that we can't do this alone, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we come before you today and we ask, Lord, that you will help us to release anything that would hinder our relationship with you. Sin first and foremost. Lord, and your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. You paid away for our sins. And Lord, I ask you right now, if there's any sin in my life, forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Purge me. Have your way in me. God, any anxiety or any doubt or any stuff, any uh, decisions that need to be made, God, you see and you know, nothing takes you by surprise. God, so we ask you right now, we release those things. We cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us in Jesus name as we sing this song as they lead us in this song I'd love for you to go to palms up and say Lord fill me they're going to lead us in a song of worship right now and I pray that you just Lord fill us up Lord you see what we need you know what we need Lord as I've said nothing takes you by surprise you are in control help us to be obedient to your will and your way